ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Armchair Reds podcast with me, Chris Collins. Um, this is a new podcast series we're going to start putting out daily or as close to daily as possible. Just short five to ten minute podcasts with all the latest news and results coming out of Old Trafford, everything regarding Manchester United. And this will be an accompaniment to the weekly podcast that we obviously do on YouTube and Facebook, uh, myself and Danny on the NUFC Evermore channel um, as part of the Armchair Red show. So this won't be replacing it, this is just an accompaniment to the weekly show on Tuesday nights at half past six. Today's big news and a great starting point for this new podcast series is the news Highly unexpected that the new Manchester United manager next season will be Eric Ten Hag. He will be leaving Ajax at the end of this season. And it's something that I have been championing a long time, ever since that well, ever since it came out really that the only two possible options clearly were going to be Ten Hag or Pochettino. I never believe Pochettino was the answer. I think he's a bit of a myth as a football manager. Uh, in my own opinion, not in a lot of other people's. I know there's a lot of disappointed people out there today that we didn't get Mr. Maurizio Pochettino in. But we've got Eric Ten Hag, he is the man. And that obviously has shone a lot of attention on Mr. Eric Ten Hag about who he is, the way that he plays football, etc, etc, etc. So just having a quick look at some of the stats, some of the facts behind the man and what we can uh, possibly expect from the Dutchman coming into Old Trafford at the start of next season. So, his record at Ajax over the last few seasons, he's won two Eredivisie titles. Um, they actually went on a three-year um, a three-year skid before he came into the job, into, into the job at Amsterdam Ajax, um, where they didn't win the Eredivisie. So, he, he turned that around. He's built a couple of exciting teams there from scratch, where he's had to sell players and stuff, because Ajax have historically, um, apart from... Well, the last time, actually, the 90s been the last time that we're close to the top of Europe. But he's had to rebuild a couple of times, won two Eredivisie titles, could have won three, um, if not for the pandemic, calling the league early in Holland. Um, and he looks set to to, to win the to title, the, the Eredivisie title again this season, um, if, if all goes well towards the end of the season. Obviously, they've lost out in the Dutch Cup this season, but he's won two Dutch Cups as well, and he's won a Cruyff Shield since he's been over there. So five trophies in his time in charge at Ajax and probably across the continent, certainly in England, he's probably most famous for that run in the UEFA Champions League in 2019 where Ajax were one minute away from making the final against Liverpool but Lucas Moura decided to bag his hat-trick and uh, the rest, as they say, is history. But it was a superb run in the Champions League that season that's probably the the best place to start in terms of um, what we can expect from him against elite competition, against elite teams in the Premier League next season. But just going over a couple more of his stats, uh, he's got a 70% plus win ratio in charge of Ajax, not a surprise with the uh, strength of that league, no disrespect to the rest of the teams in uh, in the Netherlands. On average, Ajax scoring two to three goals a game in his time in charge and conceding less than a goal a game, all good stuff. But again, looking at the Champions League, and this is really where I... This is really what, what excites me about Eric Ten Hag as a manager. Um, it's the Champions League and his record against the elite teams in Europe. He's only lost one of 16 away games that he's played with Ajax or in charge of Ajax in the Champions League. Only one. 
and Ajax are one of 10 teams ever to win all UEFA Champions League group games in a season. They obviously did that in this current season, uh, won every single game, max 18 points and made out of the group before they obviously lost out to Benfica. Couple of the criticisms that you hear about Eric Ten Hag, um, the obvious one being the, the strength of competition in Holland. My answer to that would be you can only beat what's in front of you. Uh, I don't think Ajax are that far ahead of the other, let's call them elite teams in the Netherlands, in, in the likes of PSV and, and Feyenoord, um, and SC Twench for, for, for a little while as well. Uh, another criticism that he's obviously got across his career. Oh, can he come over to Manchester United and, and handle the the level of player that, that Manchester United have got? You know, the, the superstars and the, the prima donnas, I'd like to call them at the moment, going off a couple of performances this season that I've seen. Just a couple. Um, my, my response to that would be, look at the players that he's managed so far. You know, Dest, Donny van der Beek, De Ligt, Onana, uh, Anthony... Franco de Jong, he's managed some really talented young players. He, he's nurtured them, and you see what those players are doing across Europe now. I mean, talking about Ajax currently, Anthony has been a, a superstar for them. He's always, not a shoestring budget, but he's always managed on a shrewd budget in charge of Ajax. There's only one player that he's ever spent more than £20 million on, and that was Sebastian Allaire from West Ham, and Sebastian Allaire has also been a revelation for Ajax. Since he uh, since he came back over there to, to West Ham or from West Ham, and I just don't think it's it's very fair in in people's criticisms to say that he wouldn't be able to manage the superstars at Old Trafford. I think he's more than equipped and more than capable of doing that. One of the things that excites me, I'm going into his playing style a little bit. One of the things that excites me uh, about Eric Ten Hag is uh, actually going back a few years when he was working with the under twenty three team Bayern Munich two. Um, obviously, the man in charge of Bayern Munich at the time was Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola, reportedly, and according to quotes from the man himself, is um, is is someone who he's a big admirer of, someone who he's based a lot of his principles and his systems off. And for the majority of his career, um, it's certainly in charge of Ajax. He looks to put in a 4-3-3 formation. Sometimes that sort of changes slightly to a 4-2-3-1. There's been times earlier on in his career he also used a 4-4-2 diamond formation and it's something that he's put in a couple of times whilst he's been at the helm at Ajax. And much like Pep Guardiola, much like the, the current manager of Manchester United who obviously got a lot of fanfare when he came in for being the, the godfather of Gagan Press and so on and so forth. All these modern terms that we like to come out with for, for modern playing systems in football. He is very much a manager who promotes aggressive pressing off the ball and likes to get the ball back into his own team's possession as quickly as possible and then be aggressive in possession of the ball. Uh, big fan of inside forwards, so you know wingers, very much like you see with City and Liverpool, who are the top two teams in England at the moment, where they've got inside forwards who, who can drift inside and create space for the wing-backs. Obviously likes his, his full-backs to not be the way that Manchester United are at the moment. He likes them to be just as good offensively as they are defensively. So he likes to see his wing-backs bombing up and down the pitch, doing the defensive duties, but also getting up and getting involved um, in, in attacks as well and covering the positions of inside forwards when they drift into the middle of the park. Very possession-based, which is not a surprise when he's been the manager of Ajax. Ajax, in most games, even in, in 
a lot of European games would be expected to be the team that have most of the possession and he's very big on what his teams do in possession usually um, very patient build up from the back to the front likes to get pyramids of players two to three players at a time um, protecting possession and, and bringing the ball up slowly for, from back to front very disciplined in his stance. He's got a very good disciplinary record in charge of Ajax. There's very few. Um, I don't think they've actually domestically had any problems with red cards or sending offs this season. But in terms of discipline in the pitch, not just in terms of yellows and, and, and red cards and, and keeping his players disciplined in that regard, his players are very disciplined in terms of the tactics that he employs and the systems that he puts out there. And a lot can be made of the system. A lot of has been made to be honest I'm not reinventing the wheel of anything that I'm saying a lot has been made of uh, the systems that he likes to employ everyone's becoming a football expert at the moment talking about Eric Ten Hag coming over to Manchester United but Eric Ten Hag himself is not a big believer in systems he's a big believer going off his own quotes in the quality of the personnel that he's got the fact that they can stay disciplined and work together and be a good cohesive unit something that Manchester United are not at the moment and he's very, very, very intently focused on getting that blend of experience right uh, and putting it in there with young, exciting players, um, most of which, in his current role, have come from the very impressive academy setup at Ajax, something that Manchester United have also had over the years and something that we've always leaned back upon. We've always had academy prospects and academy products in the youth team. That's not something that looks set to change with Eric Ten Hag coming into the club. And it's something that I'm very excited about because, like I was speaking about on the last YouTube podcast that we put out on Tuesday night when we did the Liverpool versus Manchester United watch-along, we have a lot of talented players in the youth setup at the moment. It's it's quite a few of those, at least four to five off the top of my head, I believe should already be in the team. Definitely deserve to be promoted next season as soon as he comes in. You're looking at a mass exodus from the club. There's been as many as 10 players who've been quoted as leaving, contracts running out, being sold off because they're just not good enough anymore, not interested in the club, etc., etc. I think you probably will see that amount leave. I think he'll probably bring in three or four of his own. Obviously, there's going to be rumours flying about. Anthony's the main one that's doing the rounds at the moment. I would absolutely love that. I'm a big fan of that man. He's a superb, superb player and he's done a great job for Ajax ever since he's gone in there. But I think if he can get two or three quality signings in and then promote a lot of the youth, um, we've got quite a few players who you could call experienced already in the Old Trafford ranks. And I, I think he could pretty much hit the ground running next season. I think it is going to be a case of having a season off. I don't think that anyone should expect him to come in and win the Premier League and the Champions League that season. That is not going to happen. United fans, we need to be patient. And what I mean by that is next season, call it a write-off. Just write it off completely. If he can get rid of the Deadwood and start on that side of it, if he can bring in his own coaching and scouting networks and the support network that he needs to run the day-to-day -day operations of the club, that would be superb. As you know, as you've seen, everything off the pitch affects what's going on on the pitch and that has certainly been no exception for Manchester United over the last few seasons, ever since really Alex Ferguson left. And bringing a couple of quality acquisitions of his own, promote some of the exciting youth products that we've got and we can maybe have a decent cut run or two and potentially top six next season. I think that would be a great start for Eric Ten Hag. 
He's reportedly got a three-year contract with the option of extending it to a four. I would have liked to have seen that contract be a little bit longer, to be honest, because I think he's going to need at least five to six years to, to really put his vision um, in place at this football club. The way that we are at the moment, we are in the depths of despair. But it's exciting times to be a Manchester United fan. I think we definitely need to be patient and show, show the guy a lot of patience, show the guy a lot of love and can't wait for the end of this season and we just need to get behind the team next season get behind the process and uh, let's see where we are at the end of his contract in, in 2025 and see if all the excitement that I have and a lot of other Manchester United fans have is, uh, is going to come to fruition and will be backed and that is it for this uh, short show this week slightly gone over the 10 minute, uh, 10 minute mark that I advise at the start but sometimes we'll go over sometimes we'll go under we'll try and get these daily shorts out pretty much daily if we can't we'll do them every two days every three days or whatever but we'll get them out as often as possible Manchester United one of the biggest clubs in the world there's always news coming out there's always something going on and there's always a game to be looked at and a game to be uh, processed after it's been so we'll carry on putting these shows out as often as possible and please if you're listening to us on here follow us on social media we are at armchair reds and we're also now obviously as you're listening to us across all major podcast stations so whatever you listen to your podcasts on whether that's spotify google or apple podcast or any of the other major podcast stations just please make sure you subscribe to us on there and you'll know when our shows go live from myself chris collins take care folks and we'll speak soon